Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Are live episode 48 <laughs> of whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> somebody's gonna come back like i thought i was only gone for a week what did i, I miss <laughs> i know uh, so what did you miss how you been good man i've been on a uh pretty much most social media for the most part but specifically instagram hiatus since we last talked yeah uh, it's how do you been- feel about that I was, so I'll start by saying the reason for doing it was because I realized I was using the excuse of, I need to do this for work Mm -hmm. as, as a reason for kind of always being on it while not actually doing anything productive on it Mm. and telling myself, well, I'm, you know, I'm talking to people, making connections, doing whatever, but not actually being productive on it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I wonder because still, even even still, you know, 80% of the clients and my biggest audience, which, you know, was like 3,500 people. So it's not by in terms of Instagram standards, not a big audience, you know, but like all the posting that we do for the show, like 90% of that goes through Instagram. Yeah. And so I'm like, I wonder how much things would change if at all, if I just like went away for a couple yeah. of weeks and realized that this isn't as necessary as I think it is and kind of give me the perspective of I can be a little bit more intentional with how I use this and not just get sucked in like everybody does, you know? Mm-hmm. And so right after we recorded uh, two Fridays ago was I did like, cause I had a couple things on Saturday that I was doing. And then that, that next day on Sunday, I l- deleted it from my phone. So I didn't have it on my phone. Uh, and then I just, like I told you and I made that little post, be like, I'll be back in a few weeks. Like, I don't know how long I still don't. Uh, but yeah. that was a week and a half ago. And I don't miss it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's been kind of crazy to to and there was just the habitual like when I would open my phone, mm-hmm. I my thumb remembered where the yeah. app was and I would just hit 
whatever was in that place on accident, just habitually for like a day and a half. Yeah. Right? And then after that, I honestly, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even miss it. Yeah. And so it's been nice. I think there's, you know, you and I have talked about this kind of conundrum at, at different times and in different ways. I have done somewhat the same. If you look at my posting back when I was powerlifting, I mean, it was a complete scarcity mindset. You know, if I didn't post yeah. something, I was going to be irrelevant. Yep. And, you know, when you're, when your business or your marketability is tied to the app and listen, it's, it is an, an amazing tool. It's free. Uh, for the most part, it's free. You can connect with people in a, in a huge way. And I'll tell you something that kind of, I listened to a guy talk about it at a seminar one time. It was a small business seminar and, and ways to navigate the internet, ways to compete with bigger companies. And he said something along the lines to touch on what you said. You know, you said, I have a small audience relative to Instagram, 3,500 people. He was like, okay, you're not going to have 3,500 views on every single thing you do. But imagine that, you know, you were hosting an event. Let's say 40% of that 3,500. You know, that's 1,400 people. So he goes, imagine you had a room full of 1,400 people. Would that seem insignificant when it seemed passive? Mm -hmm. And at the time, that was like a light bulb moment. It was like, oh, my God, he's right. He's exactly right. Uh, you know, it, that's a lot of people paying attention. I think now what you're competing with in 2023 versus potentially 2016, 17, is that people aren't paying the same kind of attention. Yeah. And I think that their focus is, is distracted. Like if you don't have something, and I mean, this is not me being a marketing genius. This is me just gentle observation. If you look through all of the things and, you know, I look at stuff literally every single day that I cannot believe that people that walk up and shake my hand and I have enjoyed their company of and thought, man, this person not that they're a bad person for liking a post, but it's like, I cannot believe the value system that they presented to me or the value system that they talk about daily mm -hmm. on their page. And yeah. then some of the stuff that they like, it, it just blows my mind. It's like low hanging fruit humor. And I mean, you and I share some stupid stuff. Logan and I share some stupid stuff. I mean, you're going to see, and you're going to find stupid things funny from time to time. No, no fault yeah. for that. But I think, for myself, um, to kind of bring a point to this, I, I realized sometime in the last, probably a lot of things became clear to me when Terrence passed away. Um, basically because I was kind of like, he and I had some plans for some, for direction on some things. And I was kind of left with, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And what I did then and what I've continued to do somewhat is try to be more observant than, I feel like the model is changing so fast that it, uh, it just puts people like you and I who are trying to do something, you know, maybe a little bit different than I don't want a million views on the things that I do. Not because I wouldn't want a million people to see it. It's just, I'm not going to do the things to get a million views, Yeah, you know, exactly. And that, and that's where we're at. So trying to navigate it, trying to understand it, trying to look at it while it's happening it's kind of like being in a high speed race with, without the controls, you know, you mm. don't really know what you're doing. So you're just trying to survive. Yeah. And for me, stepping back, I don't post as much on my wall nearly at all. Like I used to, I mean, peace, love and meat is, is somewhat on, uh, 
a positive hiatus. I have some things that I want to do, have some things that you and I have talked about, have some things coming. But again, I, even saying that, I have no timeline on them. I have no yeah. deadline on them. And right. I think for the first time in my life, in, in regards to this social media experiment, that is something I'm giving myself grace on, is to really... I'm not inspired. Like yesterday, um, I had three or four guys who have recently asked me about jujitsu as, as beginning jujitsu as a middle-aged adult. Mm. And I sat down in front of the camera and I was like, you know, I did two or three takes of a minute or a minute and a half. And I was like, this is just stupid. Like, mm. this is just the dumbest thing ever. Like I didn't feel comfortable doing it. I didn't feel authentic in doing it because I'd already yeah. answered the men directly. Right. You know, so who was I actually, yep like stroking with that post? Was it the potential person that was going to see it? Or was it me trying to self-report myself as some kind of middle-aged practitioner of jujitsu expert? And not that people that do those things are, are bad or wrong. I just did not feel that was the spot that was, that was authentic for me. So yeah. I didn't post it. That happens a lot. I type yeah. a lot of posts and I type a lot of things like, man, I really want to say this. And it's like, but who am I saying it to? Am I, am I just saying it to feel better or to one up somebody else? Yeah. And, and right now I just don't feel the need to do any of that. My life is pretty, is pretty good for the most part. A lot of good things happening, a lot of good direction in my life. So not that a post is going to make or break that momentum, but that momentum has occurred somewhat in absence of Instagram in the way that I used to utilize it, Yeah, you know? So I am not at the place where I'm not opening my phone and going to Instagram, but I am also more conscious of my time on it. But furthermore, like you said, you can self-justify, oh, I'm networking, I'm making connections. What are those connections doing for you other than just becoming messages back and forth if you're not, and not to say that you have to capitalize on everyone, but if you're not looking at them as what is this and what can it yeah. become? And that sounds a little bit asshole-ish. But man, I, I just, I think more people are feeling like you, more people are feeling like some of the feelings that I'm describing. And I do think more people are checking out. I mean, even talking to Logan, he's taken a step back from some of his projects for a little while too, for the mm -hmm. same reasons. So I don't know, man, I, I, I don't know where it's going, but you also mentioned that you had uh, somewhat turned to some other mediums to, yeah. to just to explore. You know, yeah. and how's that going? Like, what are you using? What are you, what are you finding? What are you, what are your feelings a week and a half into this? So it's been funny because I've on purpose, I <clears throat> wanted to solely focus on one mm -hmm. and become like proficient, mm -hmm. right? For the purposes of understanding that medium, like Instagram, obviously very visual medium, video, photos, that's the, the forward focus on it. So that that's what I've done for three years now is put my energy into learning how that app worked. Right. Uh -huh. And so, uh, when I, when I took this off, I've all, I've had a Twitter for, I don't know, off and on forever, but I have not used it, like been in it and, and observed what Twitter is other than the, the random news gathering function of it, right? Like that's where mm -hmm. everybody goes when news breaks is Twitter now, you yeah. know, and that's how it's been for a handful of years. So outside of just, I, I hear something's happening. I'll go check Twitter, see what I can find from that. That's the only purpose I've ever used it for in the past. 
And so when I started a week and a half ago, I'm like, you know what, let's, let's put some focus into here and see if I can understand how this works. And then you get in there and I was, and I mentioned this to you in a text, it's a whole other universe, man. Mm. It is the, the types of accounts and the types of content. Obviously it's just a, it's a writing medium. Mm. You know, there's people that share videos and stuff, but it is the medium for writers and journalists and authors and and people that use written word. Right. Mm-hmm. And the types of accounts, the types of content that you see, it's completely different than the type of stuff that you see on Instagram in a, in, I don't know if I can say good or bad way, but there are from a health perspective, cause I tried to go on there and follow like how many of these health fitness, like what's in this space over here for health and fitness. Cause I, I pretty much know what it all exists and looks like on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and on Twitter, it's almost all like anonymous accounts. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing. And, and I actually really enjoy it. Like I love the, and, and there's this whole Jordan Peterson thing lately where he's railing on anonymous accounts on Twitter and calling everyone that runs one a coward for not putting their name on stuff. Right. But I, especially on Twitter in the history up until a, you know, a year ago, basically of Twitter what was happening on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what was happening on Twitter with people getting censored or suspended or banned. Like I understand on that platform, why the idea of having a anonymous thing is appealing. And mm-hmm. then you go on there and then the, the actual freedom that that does allow some of these guys to say things uh, it's hilarious because it's just re- refreshing in a way that you don't see on other things because it is so unrestricted. Yeah. Like you just, it's, it just seems so, there nobody's afraid to say any, and I'm even just talking like health stuff. Right. Right. But there, and I've sent you some of the things that I've found just kind of as I've been going on there and some of them are great. And there's a lot of really smart people on Twitter that have really good perspectives on health and fitness in a lot of different areas. And it just seems like it's coming at things from a looking at it from a different angle than just the same, basically three types of accounts for fitness that you see on Instagram where Mm -hmm. it's, it's always showing some sort of PR lift. It's always some like chick wearing basically nothing or like some bro doing bro science stuff, right? Like that's basically the three things that exist on health Instagram. Right. But there's way more, conceptual stuff that I'm just experiencing in the, in the first like week and a half and just yeah. from what I see. So it's been kind of fun to see how different the content is. And I'm like actually really interested in it. And so I, I will go in and actually scroll back and read like these guys actually have some really cool stuff that they're talking about and are saying it in a way that like, I don't know would even exist if they tried to do this on Instagram. So it's been pretty fun in that yeah. regard. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And what the the nice thing is about how I'm using it myself, because if I'm going to spend some time and try and maybe grow a little bit of an audience there, I've got like 60 followers on Twitter sure. right now. Right. Yeah. So same, same general principles apply where you want to be consistent with posting, you know, getting stuff out there. So people, it comes across the feed. Like that's kind of just generic advice for growing any kind of social media account. Right. But what I'm using is a desktop version of like kind of a a tweet scheduler, so to say. And that way I don't actually have to go on the app all the time and Mm -hmm. 
scroll and have to be get sucked into Twitter. So like I can literally on this on this scheduling thing that I use schedule out a week's worth of tweets that will post like three to five times a day. Mm-hmm. Ran, you know, general times, like a couple in the morning, couple in the afternoon. But then all I have to do is go on and just engage with people personally and re- and reply. So yeah. like I can just do that and then not have to like open up Twitter and then just get sucked into that like I was doing for Instagram. Sure. So in total, I would bet my total phone usage is down maybe 80% in yeah. the last 10 days, which I've cranked out like, I don't know, six or so Substack posts in that time, like posted date, like I'm just pursuing a lot of other things. And I'm like, I don't know if I really need a lot of this stuff as much as I think I do. So, I mean, I, I always kind of knew that just based on a lot of the stuff that you and I have talked about. Mm-hmm. And I, and I knew that that was probably the case, but to actually put it in practice was not even that I was surprised. Like I kind of expected to be like, yeah, I knew I really wouldn't need this as much as I thought, but it, it's kind of nice to actually have that realization, you know? Yeah. Well, I've had a Twitter, I don't know, probably not immediately in line with when I started Facebook. Um, mm. I've probably, probably been on Facebook. I would say close to 15 years now, which is insane. But wow. if you look at the trajectory of my powerlifting, that's right around the time that I I was still working a full-time job. Uh, I was powerlifting at a gym here close by and starting to do some competitions, make a, somewhat of a name for myself, at least locally. And I really utilized Facebook in the beginning as, mm-hmm. uh, as a tool to connect to strongmen, as a tool to connect to gyms, because I traveled and I trained. And it was funny because then when I first started, um, your, your status was like these clever one liners and it was like a zing fest. Like everybody was trying to have yeah. the coolest one line Yeah. and somewhere after that, and, and people would leave them like your status stayed for weeks. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't go away after 24 hours. It was like, that was your status. It was kind of like your IG bio is now whatever you said was there until you took it down. So like, um, I actually posted a song that I, I use this a lot cause I love the song, but it was easy, ready, willing overtime. It's from, I can't go for that from Hall and Oates. That was one of mm-hmm. my, my statuses that stayed up for like a month, but it's a banger of a song. Oh, Hall and Oates <laughs> is always, it's banging music yeah. and a banger band. But, uh, yep. I, um, I started Twitter under the somewhat of the same guys, you know, it was yep. like, oh, you try to find the funny the funny quip or the, the one yeah. line that's going to, you know, make people laugh or whatever. So that's kind of the mode I went into Twitter with, um, observed within short time that it started to evolve more into a, a news journalism type of, of space. And yeah. then the governmental government, the political, uh, standoffs yeah. that started to happen on Twitter. So Twitter kind of became like, I tiptoed into it and I tiptoed right back out of it. Yeah. Uh, stuck to Facebook until I went to Instagram. And I do check Twitter for the exact same reasons that you said. It's you can go to trending and you can find out news. You can find out what's kind yeah. of the buzz. And um, it's a cool format. But man, by the time I went back to it, you know, with the idea of like, oh, I, sh- I should invest in this as a, as a business. Yeah. It was like, man this is a monolithic structure. Now this is something much, much bigger and different than what I knew. Yeah. And not that I was afraid of it, but I didn't really need it. You know, I was, I was getting the response I wanted on Facebook, on Instagram. So Twitter just never became one of the tools 
in my shed, so to say. Um, but again, it's like, you know, what is coming down the line with all of this? Because I do think that on Instagram, people are fed up. Uh, you know, not everybody, obviously people are making tons of money there. People are, they love the spoof comedy stuff. They love the, the setup staged comedy shit that I cannot understand why anybody in their life ever watches or likes, (laughs) but nevertheless it happens. So I'm curious who the, who the wolves in waiting are to start something else, you know, and with TikTok under so much scrutiny in the U S I'm curious if there's somebody out there developing a tip a TikTok type of, of format that is made in America doesn't have maybe some of the intrinsic uh, potential dangers that the, the current TikTok does as far as being owned and operated by a Chinese government. But there, there was, it's the new app thing. Cause that was always the, the retort in the, in before kind of Musk on Twitter specifically with this example yeah. was when, when people had problems with how it was going, the retort was always, we'll go build your own. Yeah. Right. With And, and uh, several did pop up, but I think it's so interesting that the the ones that were the OGs are still the OGs. Like it's you can't just sneak in and with TikTok being like the only real example of one that was not around at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's it's not something where you can just go build your own and then have a billion people on your app. Yeah. You know, like it took it, I can't remember how long it it was something like 11 years mm-hmm. or something like that for Facebook to reach a billion. And it took TikTok like two and a half yeah, or something well, like that or less. It's crazy. I've got a friend of mine. His name is Joey Hartley. He's a, um, he's a coyote hunter and mm-hmm. he does a lot of like, I wouldn't say instructional videos necessarily, but he talks about things he does. He talks about tools that he uses and the ways that he hunts. Mm-hmm. And you know, on Instagram, he's gaining a following on Facebook. He's gaining a following. But he's got videos on TikTok that are millions of views, millions. Whereas Instagram, yeah. a peak video for him, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't know his number, but like, you know, let's say 5,000 views. So of the same video, probably. Yeah, exactly. Like, the same just video, the same video just posted on the other platform. Yep. And the virality, is that the right word? Because it's not virility. So. It's vira- virality, I think. <laughs> virality. Is, uh, or it's the virility of a video, maybe. Um <laughs> But anyhow, it uh, it just seems like there's a catch fire inside of TikTok. Yeah, and you know it just it, it's so shareable and it's so viewable. I don't I don't know I don't understand it. I don't, I've never had a TikTok. I've never had a Snapchat. You know any of that stuff. Um, so I don't I don't understand it. But it is something very clear to me that that medium puts people in a much broader light and. Mm-hmm. The curious thing for me about this, and this is an obtuse question to you, mm-hmm. um, when you look at this and you look at all these people, like I literally heard some kids, 14, 15 year old kids a couple of years ago, uh, I, I saw a memory that popped it up. There was a kid uh, working at Taco Bell and he was talking about dropping out of school to become an influencer. And The thing about that is I'm curious about the upside down modeling of that. We are incentivizing and rewarding 
um, a population of young people to literally change change their hopes and dreams from a career, a, a you know, a, a life that is attainable and workable towards mm. to a roll of the dice into influencerdom. You know, yeah. there's no guarantee that no matter the quality of what you say or do, it's almost like the highest quality people often fail to make the high quality content, you know, and mm-hmm. we reward the fucking morons yeah. over and over and over and over again. So, you know, having a 15 year old son and you have children of your own, it's, it's a concerning thing to me. Not that my son, he doesn't partake in those things and he, he's not necessarily minded that way, but he's also 15. Who does he become when he's yeah. 19, 20, 21? Uh, yeah. when he's also surrounded by people who are in the space of, man, I'd love to be an influencer. And listen, there are aspects of my position on Instagram that fit that model and have benefited me personally, benefited people around me personally. Um, so I understand the draw to it, but it's like, even for me, it is, it is just, and maybe it's cause I've done it for 15 years. You know, I've, yeah. I've been around some of the evolution of it. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of old hat, but I just don't know where it goes. And I don't know the message that we're sending to our young people that this life of excess and this, I'll even call it Las Vegas style excess, you know, where it looks a mm-hmm. certain way, but it's the particle board underneath. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what kind of enrichment we're instilling in our kids or our fi- our future or ourselves really when we resort to an idea that I have to shape my life so that it looks so perfect so that people will buy me. It, it's just, I, I don't know that that's even a question, yeah. but it's like a problem that I'm really sensing for people is, our, our young people are not motivated to stay fit. Are motivated? Are, they're not motivated to be highly educated. They're not motivated. Again, they're outliers, but I think as a whole, the general population of youth are attracted to this medium. They're attracted to that lifestyle. They're attracted yeah. to that possibility. Um, I see that as a, as a huge potential problem. Um, and I, I don't know where it goes and I don't necessarily know that I have any right to be against it. Like, but from a sustainability point, the infrastructure yeah. of this country, the backbone of the workforce of this country, if everybody is just getting paid to make videos, who's doing the work? You mm-hmm. know, that's, I guess that is the question. Where does this lead and what does that look like for us? Is this, is this a stable continuum? The two things that, that came to mind, the, the first being the, the analogy that I can, that I can pull from would be like, you know, we're technically the same generation, right? There's 10 years between us, but we're of the same generation. So it would be the same in my mind as, you know, with all these kids saying they they, like the example you gave, want to drop out. I want to become an influencer, right? Like whatever that means, like who Mm -hmm. knows what even specifically that means for what, you know? Right. And then, having the ability to do that by being given a smartphone at whatever age. So like you're endorsing this potential, whatever it's going to be, right. Would be essentially in my mind, the same as everybody in our generation saying up, I wanted to grow up and be a movie star. Mm -hmm. Right. And then having everybody who said that being driven out to Hollywood as a kid and left to go figure it out. Yeah. 
it's the same, I would argue probably the same success rate as the people who end up being the influencers, the people who actually moved out to LA as a kid and actually got something and became famous via that medium too, mm. right? Like it's this, it's the same sort of, and I don't know if it's as similar as I'm thinking it is, but that was always been the analogy in my head where you're endorsing this behavior by giving them the the thing that is leading to whatever they think they want. How is that different than the 11 year old saying, I want to be a movie star and you just loading up the van and be like, all right, well, we're moving to LA, you know? Yeah. And, but like with everybody that says that, that everybody doing that. And then that's yeah. because it's obviously a lot easier for an access standpoint, if you're given all, if all you need is a smartphone, but that, that if you live in LA, that doesn't mean you're going to become a movie star either just by being sure. there, you know, but that's always been the, the weird like conundrum. And then your second, your second point about like, who's actually doing it. I, this was a video I was actually going to send you this morning. Um, of one that I found on Twitter that was circulating the last, maybe like day or so I've seen a bunch of people re retweet it. And it's this old, he's, I can tell from the third word he says, he's super Canadian, right? Probably <laughs> hey. in his, probably hey. in his sixties, yeah. uh, standing in the, in snowy, snowy forest, like leaning up a tree, leaning up against a tree. He's a lot like that. Uh, that one guy that you had sent me the YouTube videos of, uh, that does the, the, the cowboy camps or whatever. He oh is. yeah. 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 Uh, you know who I'm talking about? I can't remember mm -hmm. his name. Yeah. Um, so, but he's a, he was a farrier and a mountain guide in Canada and has been for like 40 plus years. And mm -hmm. he's sitting there and he's got his arms crossed talking about how soft everyone is. And the dude's hands are, they look like just two hams on the ends of his <laughs> arms. Like yeah. it's nuts. And, and he's talking about when, when everybody, uh, when all of these things basically go away, all of you are going to be left with literally nothing, no right. skills, no discernible ability to solve problems, like nothing useful. And, and, you know, he's like, it's the guys like what we do that are out here actually doing stuff. If things go to crap, we'll be fine. You yeah. know, <laughs> like we're going to be the ones that are, we're not going to be in panic mode. It's the ones that have spent their entire time alive or their entire childhood building no discernible skills, no capacity mentally or physically outside mm -hmm. of response of this little device in our hand. Yeah. Right. And then you look at him and and he's dropping F-bombs every other word. I mean, like it's hilarious video and you look yeah. at him and you're like, he, he looks kind of like a, he, he's a very Sam Elliott kind of look to him. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, this dude freaking gets it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I think too, a product of, of my success as someone with influence yeah. was only on the heels of extreme achievement within a sport. Actually doing something. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I think that was, that's the flip flop of what we've seen. And I talked about it on here before earlier, and I think, and, you know, in a different episode, but I also think it's fair that not everybody with passion and skill or love for something is going to be the greatest. So I yep. think the doorway to someone who is like, you have the guys who are the best in the world, like Conor McGregor, let's say, I'm not saying he's the best in the world. I definitely don't think that, um, Habib proved that pretty handily, but. Did you watch um, a fight this weekend? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, there's, there's so many, there's so many great fighters, just like there's so many great lifters, like Chuck yeah. Vogelpohl, for example, at Westside, yeah. one yeah. of the greatest lifters of all time, unarguably. 
hates yep. a camera, hates attention, hates all of that. So not every champion is desiring to share their knowledge or even gives a crap to share their knowledge. Yeah. So that opens a doorway to somebody who is just a passionate enthusiast. And I think that is beautiful. Yeah. What I don't like, I was listening to Tyson uh, on his hot boxing podcast and he was talking actually to Habib and they was, they were talking about fights and, you know, Habib asked him, he was like, you know, okay, you're still fighting, but when did you fight at your highest level? He said, I'm making more money per fight now than ever, you know? And he's, he's a 50 something guy and he's Mike Tyson. Fair. Yeah. Like yeah. pay that guy. And again, side note on Tyson, this country does a really, really good job of shaming and throwing away people. This is a guy I've paid attention to a lot because when I was a kid, he was it. Like Mike Tyson yep. punch out, Mike Tyson posters, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. And I'll never forget, I got the Sports Illustrated that came uh, with guilty across the bottom with his fa face after the rape charge. Yeah, And man, he was... He was under the jail as far as public opinion. But yep. if you listen to this guy and you listen to some of the things he's done and the works he's done and the people he's helped since he came out, man, this is a guy that is really struggling with something beautiful. As in the, there was a podcast not too long ago. He did talking to Sugar Ray Leonard about how he was the inspiration for him to fight. And he was in, he was a 13 year old boy in a juvenile detention center. Yep. And he said, and I saw you fight and I heard you throw two punches. that sounded like one. And he was like, do you know how great that is? He was like, that was the beginning of my study of the art of war from Achilles to Charlemagne to Napoleon. And he started naming all these warriors. He said, you showed me that all of this inside of me didn't have to be used for bad. I had an outlet now. I had a place mm -hmm. I could go and use it. And he talked about the ups and downs of that. And he said, now, he said, I'm just trying to be a good man. I'm just trying to be a man that does what he's supposed to do, goes through his life and, and does a good job. He said, but it's still in there. And he mm. said, I'm afraid if that ever comes out of me, hell's coming with it. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing for him to realize because every day he gets up and is a good man is in absence of the demands of who he is. You see? So I think somebody like that, champion with a story, overcoming, that person should have a place and a voice. Yeah, A person who is an enthusiastic uh, a person that can make content, that's great. My problem does not lie with any of that. My problem lies when it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go be uh, this guy for this season and this guy for this season and this guy for this season or the yeah. latest trend. And it's just like this ongoing narrative of like maybe mediocrity or just above. Mm -hmm. But it's not greatness. It's not showing people. It's not teaching people the dedication that it takes to become truly great at something just like Eddie Bauer. I posted that story where they announced that they were literally cutting financing for all their, their sponsored athletes and were to rather decide to go to people who kayak and camp and hike yeah. with a bigger following. Well, they didn't use the word influence, but that's what they were getting at. And again, it's just to sell more product. They're not, they're not giving to these people with the hopes that these people use their product and love it. They really don't care. I, right. I am telling you, I am a person who receives product inquiries all the time from companies and some of the, the offers and some of the requests for, um, posts are just comical. They're like, you don't even have to use it. Just show a picture using it. Like they're, they're I, if I name the companies, people would be shocked. 
with yeah. some of the bullshit that I've been sent and the expectation. And that's why I'm mad at it. That's like yeah. anybody that ever listens to this and is like, man, Brandon is against the internet. Brandon is against all this stuff. I'm not, I am, I am privy because of my position through Sornex, through some of my relationships, through some of my experiences, I am privy to a lot of the bullshit and the quicksand of the marketing side. I get to see a lot of these things and hear these things firsthand. And just like I said, there is no enriching quality of like, we don't care if you use it, just show it in your truck, just show it on your head, just wear it as a shirt, just do this with it, do this with it. Make it look like you care about this company and we know people will buy it. Like they are literally telling me, Hey man, we know you have a following and we trust that your followers are stupid enough to believe everything you say. Yeah. And I am trying to say, even when I post things now, it's like, I'm getting it today. I'm going to use it. And if you never see this again, you're going to know. <laughs> right. if, you see, if you see this repeatedly, you're going to know. Yeah. And that's, that's, not the, that's not the sales pitch that these companies want. They, yeah, they don't want that's that. why I, I work with less and less companies all the time because one, uh, companies have changed. People have changed, uh, not necessarily positions or whatever, but the people themselves have changed. Yeah. And, uh, I think I've changed too. You know, I think I've changed in a different direction than some of that, but it's only because of the repeated exposure to it. So as someone who's somewhat in that realm, I am very concerned about the potential for all this and about the mindset of young people looking at this as that's the pinnacle. Like if I get one or two viral videos, that's the pinnacle. And I saw a post the other day, how to make six figures on Instagram. It was like, you know, a video that gets 30,000 views pays this, a video that gets 300,000 views pays this, and a video that gets 3 million views pays this. With five to eight viral videos a year, you can actually start making some real money. Mm -hmm. And that's when it was saying, and it's like, be as extreme as you can. And this is like on a 10 step post. Yeah. Like be as extreme as you can find hot button topics, go after people. It's like, that's, that's nothing. It's, it's actually nothing. It's just more of the same. It's, it's this shouting into the void, you know? Yeah. But people the, eat it up. I don't know. The, the, the Tyson example, cause I'm, I'm thinking like when people say, and, and the example of that kid again, that's like, I want to, I want to, I'm dropping out or I'm leaving the job to become an influencer. The goal is what you just said, just to as quickly as I can get something that's so popular, this, this video becomes famous and it awards me opportunity or money or stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Tyson, when he's talking about all of this stuff that he, that got stirred up in him when he was 13 for the first time. And then he starts reading all these things. And then he decides, he's like, I'm going to go be the best fighter ever. Mm -hmm. And when I am, it's because I earned it. However long that takes. Right. And then he was the, the, the greatest at like the youngest age of any fighter who at that time, you know, or Mm -hmm. like before then. And so it's the difference of building something that will last because we're still, that's why he is still relevant today Mm -hmm. because he did something over the course of years that nobody had ever seen before. 
in a way that nobody had ever seen it before. And like you said, it awarded him the ability to later on still be relevant, still have these opportunities, even after all this stuff, because if it's shown that you can put in time before and then something happens and then you're able to turn that around, make it positive and continue on or whatever, but it's building something for long-term versus I'm literally, I mean, and, and this phrase gets used so much around social media that the whole instant gratification thing to make me sound super old. Right. Like that's, but that's literally what the goal is, is how fast can I get a video that means nothing to as many people as possible. So then I'm then rewarded. And then I have the chance to do it again. Like just, just it's the, the hit reward, hit reward, hit reward as many times as you can. And like all these on TikTok and Instagram, the only purpose of these accounts is to follow whatever sound is popular and make their version of the exact same video that 4,000 other accounts are doing that day. For sure. Like well, there's no distinction of why you are building something of, with your discernible ability or skill or capacity that makes you unique. That's the thing I was going to say and clarify too, is it's very different to hear a kid say, I want to be an influencer versus a kid saying, man, I would love to learn something and showcase it. Like that's a very different statement. Mm -hmm. That's a very different approach to the same model. If a kid said, man, I would love to to do a cooking show on YouTube and maybe one day that could be my job. That, that is a very different, that is a positive statement. That is a clearly defined look at what influence can become. Like it's not influence that I'm against. It's the, the archetypal influencer that I'm against. Um, and I think that what it's become. Yes. And I think yeah. that if we took more people and approached it like that, I would be very, very, I would have a very different take on it. If we were enriching mm-hmm. people to better themselves through something productive and tangible, like a kid says, I want to learn how to cook and put it on YouTube. And maybe one day that can be my job. Well, that's a cool thing. That means probably parents are involved. Friends are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's aspects to that that are very, very positive. What I don't understand is when we're glorifying these, these kids as like, just for, for anything under the yeah. sun, you know, like mm-hmm. these parents that are like, Oh, my kid's a fashion model because I say so. And I post videos every day. Like, is that really what that kid wants to do? I, I saw a video the other day of a lady, she runs a, she runs a clothing company. And she was holding her kid while she was filming this like commercial. Right. And she was talking about her clothes and the kid just looked terrified, like mortified to be on the camera. Didn't know what was going on. She's like screaming and like, <laughs> like not the kid, the mom acting like in response to an email she got. So this child is, is watching this person and going to observe more and more of this over their lifetime. So mommy does it. Well, daddy does it. Well, I'm going to do it too. And it just, it's, it's laying the foundation. And again, call me hypocrite because that's what I've done. And my son has seen that. And it's definitely, it's definitely a conversation piece to, to continually revisit. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why it, it actually bothers me as much as it does, but I just do not see the fruit at the end of the limb from this, from this approach forever forward. You know what I mean? Like, can, can there really be 200 million influencers? Are they just interchanging the money 
from one man. I love other. you, so I'm going to send you some money. <laughs> right. I love you. I'm going to send you. So who's paying these folks? And like that's that's what I don't understand. Are they just supported by the companies, or are they truly supported by like tons and tons of of just regular people who are struggling to pay their bills? but somehow feel the desire to buy every product that they sell or send them $5 a month for Patreon or whatever. Like, yeah, if you're getting something valuable and if you're getting something real transactional value is very different. If you're just supporting in a person's ability to continue to make stupid fucking videos <laughs> for your $5 a month, like, yeah. Wow. I, I just don't understand that concept at all. I think that might be one of the things that I've enjoyed the last week and a half about being on Twitter more is it's hard to fake writing well. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's hard to fake intelligence in your writing. Yeah. Like people can act visually on camera and give off a different appearance. Uh, but if you're following people on Twitter, I, I have any, at least in the first week and a half might, this might change in three months if you ask sure. me. Right. And I might've fallen into the cesspool and found the exact same people are on Twitter, but there seems to be a different kind of, and, and I guess influencer just for the sake of the word on Twitter versus on Instagram slash TikTok because of the fact it's a, it's a writing heavy medium. And and this probably sounds not great to say, but there's probably a level of intelligence difference for somebody who's famous for writing versus somebody who's famous for like just being on camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the ability to express themselves in, in a way that gets people to in, follow them for their writing, mm. like that puts off a level of intelligence disparity between the two, I think probably is accurate to some degree. Do you know the number one disqualifier of, of any interpersonal relationship in my life? Willing stupidity. Like mm. you are willingly fucking stupid. Ignorance is totally different. Like yeah. you can be ignorant to a topic. You can be ignorant to the world. Like you can, you can not know things and, and yeah. I can still have like respect and relationship with. Right. If I recognize you, and this is me, this this might be the most egotistical, er, er, arrogant kind of statement I can make. If I deem you willingly stupid, like people do stupid things all the time. No problem. Yep. Like I'm, I do stupid stuff all the time. Yep. Being willingly stupid, like moronic stupid. Mm -hmm. I have no time for that. And like <laughs> it, it just is the number one disqualifier. And I see so many of these people that are probably fine people, but when I see the stuff that they put out, I immediately, I immediately assume and label stamp sign seal done with that person yeah. is willingly stupid. And that's a fault of mine, but it's also, it's not hurt me to feel that way either. You know, right. it's not penalized <laughs> me because I, you know, the people that I'm around I've deemed as motivated or educated or, you know, whatever that positive light is. I don't need to just entertain stupidity because my circle is already big enough and it's like five or six people. You know, I don't need a ton of people yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the things too, you know, the 15, 16 years in powerlifting and going through this whole thing, all the people that say they love you, all the people that, you know, want to kiss your ass and pay you and support you and hug you when you're up. They're the ones, they're the first ones to leave. They're the first ones yeah. to leave. 
And that's why you see when these people find any controversy whatsoever, they lose their platform. Like not from the sense of like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook pulling them. People just leave. Like there's too many other, there's too many other clown shows going on that these people want to watch. So I don't know, but let's, let's kind of flip the script here. If we were to, if we were to design a Mm. format that I think could be productive, that could, that could be educated, um, enriching, let's say at, at its core, like those were the principal values. Like if you come here, you are ready to be shot down for your bullshit. You're ready to be uplifted for your good stuff. And you're ready and you should be willing to engage with an educated conversation format to defend your stupidity or to purport your positivity. You know, like Mm. what kind of format could that even exist in the world today? Would it even be financially like feasible to build something like that? Because I don't know that enough people feel like what we're talking about to support it. Cause like telegram, you know, I went there through some of that stuff and, was trying to find out, is this going to be the thing? Is this where there's actual real information? What are people talking about? Yeah. I got bored with it so fast because yeah. it just became like the extreme left and the extreme right. were just yelling across this, this space, you know, yep. there was no, there was no real, there was no real gain for it from me. So can it even be built? Can a place be built in, in removal of all this bullshit? So if we're doing this game, and we're designing this thing, we basically have to decide at the front, are we making this like our idyllic version of whatever this is or the one that could potentially actually be made, right? Like if yeah. it's if it's going to be the one that's feasible, probably won't be the thing that we would deem it perfect. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> For yeah. a lot of reasons. But if we're doing the, the one where it's like, what would be the ideal situation? I For what you're talking about, where you're going into this with the understanding that, be, I would, I'm going to assume what we need is some sort of qualification. You have and to I, take and an I don't IQ mean test before you you can enter something like whether it, if it's that, or <laughs> if it's some sort of qualifier to, to weed out what's ultimately going to just be trolls. Yeah. Right. That are, that are there for no other reason to just throw a grenade in the middle of stuff and then turn around and run away. Yeah. Right. Like whatever we need, whatever would need to be put in place to assure or best assure that that wouldn't happen would probably be like step one. Right. right? Um, some sort of qualifier. I like, like I said, and this just cause I'm in the middle of it and I've always enjoyed the more writing forward approach, but I understand why the live video is, is very powerful also because mm. you don't have like, now you get to see who's, actually pretty intelligent on their feet yeah yeah. in, in an actual live, live setting. So, and and even before when I said it's hard to fake intelligence in your writing, you can, most people can read and understand like if this person actually knows they're talking about, but like comma, you can spend three months working on one post to make it sound as great as you want. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that maybe is the distinction I would put on the writing side. Like there's ups and downs to both things. So I, I really like the idea. Like, and I don't know that there's necessarily one that does both other than 
other than Facebook, honestly, like yeah. a lot of people use Facebook as a writing thing with longer form posts and then they have the live video. So that's kind of both, but I don't know. There's, I, I think the, the biggest thing up front is how do we, how do you weed out just the, the phrase that I like that relates to what you said, like the willing stupidity, the phrase that I've always heard from a guy that I follow on his different podcasts, but he uses the phrase invincible ignorance. Oh yeah. And I love that phrase. Cause that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, to weed that out, I don't know the best way to do that, but I would think that would be maybe like priority one. I think it would be, you just put an algorithm in there. Like we just joined the algorithm bait. And as soon as they say something really dumb, they're just, they're <laughs> shadow banned forever. It's, and, and it's our, it's our, program of what dumb is like we get like whatever we create like whatever like with all the ai stuff that they're doing now it's only as it only does as well as what the original dude wrote it to do (laughs) so like what we write it to do it's our sensibilities on what stupid is and if you're in outside of that then you're toast like no no strikes like account is lit on fire and you're gone (laughs) yeah and it's left there in memoriam forever like look at this fucking (laughs) idiot (laughs) no you can't ever come back can't ever come back on a wall (laughs) i think the problem that i'm having too with instagram is i see now like i said i tend to go directly to like i'll post a story of something that i see um i get some messages from the same most of my messages come from like the same eight to 15 people you know just it's a general like social group that i have on there of, of friends and most of those are individual messages whatever but when I do tend to scroll, um, I don't see anybody that I follow hardly. It's all suggested posts or like, yep. and to me as a user, that, that seems like it would be like going to a restaurant, right? You sit down and it's like, man, I love these five dishes that you have and they're classics. I know them. I, I trust them. I like them. Oh, okay. Well, great. Knowing that we're going to bring you a sampler platter of everything else on the menu. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me why it keeps working, but the son of a bitch keeps working. Like, yeah, it keeps growing. Um, But I guess it's like, it's the world we live in, you know, and I I saw the guy say something along the lines of if you're a small business and you spend $0, all anybody has to do to beat you on the algorithm is spend $1. Yeah. You know, well, if you're spending a dollar, somebody spends two, they're up. Well, some of these, some of these jackasses are spending thousands per post. You know, I don't understand. I, I am not smart enough. This might show my willing stupidity that I am not smart enough to figure it out. Like, I just don't know how these people have infiltrated these companies into the belief other than the fact that with clicks, likes, follows, and shares, mm-hmm. we keep buying. So, yeah. I don't know. And that's I mean, the part that's probably the bummer the most is that it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, we can sit here and lament essentially about all of these things that, I mean, I don't think, I don't think many people would disagree are too stupid to be as big as they are. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? But it works. Like well, it's the, like the that cat out of Thailand. It's like up. one, two, you know the guy that counts when he sings <laughs> yes he had like four hundred thousand likes on a video the other day and it's the 800th video he's made of him counting and singing and it's like this isn't like chris cornell 
You know, it's not some dude that's like ripping your heart out with a song. It's some dude that's literally half the people are there making fun of him. Half the people are there for like, oh my God, you're an inspiration. It's like, what in the (laughs) world? It would be hilarious if there were those comments. There are. You You should go look at them because it would shock you. The thing that I think, and it's probably a, like a microcosm of kind of everything that's happening all over the country is at, at least what I'm seeing in the terms of quality content that's being put out, like actual quality that's providing value from somebody who is wanting to be there to provide value. Mm. Right. Like what we said at the beginning, I'm actually more attracted to the guys that put out content that only have like 4,000 followers or, you know, 2,200 followers or less. That's part of the reason that we even started doing this show mm-hmm. was to, like to talk about a lot of these guys that are outdoorsmen or hunters that have killed more animals, have more outdoor skills, are better hunters than everybody you will see on Instagram. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody you will see. These guys are better than they are by a country mile. Sure. And they've got 600 followers on Instagram because that they don't care. Like that's yeah. not what they're there for. <clears throat> so to highlight those guys... It's going to, I I think things might go back towards this smaller kind of tribal approach where the guy who's putting out, and I I can speak for myself on this because we've already talked about this several times. I don't care that I don't have 50,000 plus whatever Mm. followers, right? Like if there are, if the 3,500 followers that I have are people that like engage and we have conversations and there's things that happen and it's that amount of people, like you said, if you were filling up an auditorium with 1500 people every single day, you went to do something that's yeah. not insignificant. No. So that actually, and I remember when we talked about that, the first time you had given me that analogy, same thing it did for me. Like, dang, that actually shifts my, like I used to think, Oh, nobody's ever going to see this. And even if it was 200 people, yeah. like, Imagine just standing up in front of 200 people every day you needed to say, you wanted to say something and 200 people are going to listen. Yeah. That's crazy. And most people just lose concept of numbers now because the one that has the K next to it is the one that everybody wants to chase. And that number doesn't mean anything because probably 60% of those aren't even people. Well, and And, and here's, here's the other thing too, is like peace, love and meat is a much more interactive um, engaged audience yeah. than, than Brandon Lily three. And what's really funny about that is, you know, with one tenth of the following on peace, love and meat, uh, some of my stories over there get two to three times the views that yep. Brandon Lily three does. Now yep. I think that's for a multitude of reasons too. You know, you post something like Volcourts and firearms, you know, they're one of the companies I work with their company that I love the people. They're a mm-hmm. firearms company. That has to be a knock at some late because every time I do post them, you can see a drop. You yep. post Montana Knife Company, it's a drop. You post some, yep. post anything that says "I love the United States of America," it's a drop. If you think, "Oh, here's a here's an article that is total clickbait misinformation," and you articulate the the nuance and the difference of what the clickbait said versus what the reality is, you're you you see a drop. Yep. Peace, love, and meat is tending to be more just that's journal stuff that's training stuff that's thoughtful stuff and i think that audience um sees and engages with that more than some of the other stuff i do on my personal page 
for, yeah. for many reasons. It's non-confrontational. It's, it's like you digest it or you don't, you know, but some of the stuff I put on my personal page is a little bit more in line with my views, my beliefs, my desires, my likes, my wants. And it's just funny. Like there's no way that an account with 10,000 should ever compete with viewership from a hundred thousand other mm-hmm. than most of those people that follow me with the hundred thousand account, um, did so through powerlifting. And I realized they probably don't have any, um, desire They've been or, around for 10 or 12 years or as yeah, long as, but Instagram's it's also like, why are they still following? You know, yeah. I don't understand that either. I would much rather operate with an honest audience that was engaged and like, but I, I just don't get a lot of comments as it is like, no matter if yeah. I, it, it, the worst thing is you can, you can do something really cool. Like, you know, you, you kill a, you kill a really nice elk and you say today was a good day. Well, buddy, here, here they come. You hit a PR in the gym. Here they come. Mm-hmm. And people are so quick to congratulate and applaud for success, but they don't give two shits about the process. And I think that model is backwards from reality for most people. The process and the day-to-day is going to be what culminates into the success of who you become. And I think that for whatever reason, when I pour those things out of myself or I I share things that are deeply personal and it's like you get one guy with like prayer hands or, you know, you get one-tenth of the likes, it does – say it does make me retract to myself and say, why am I even doing this? Not in a way of like, I don't want to post it or I don't want to say it, but it's like, these people do not get me. I am further from being understood than ever. And on a personal level that, that is probably the exact place I want to be. You know, I don't want to be understand by the minions and the morons. Like I do not, I hope I'm never not. I hope I'm never classified as them. That's the other thing. When you start talking, and this is something I wonder if you've ever felt, when I start posting about um, things that I've experienced as a man or speaking on things that I think would help men, I get classified as, oh man, you and so and so and so and so. And I'm like, fuck no, fuck no, absolutely (laughs) not. Hell no. The the association. Yeah. Like I am, I am not, I am not like those people. So if what I am saying, even though the words and the, and the audible sound out of my mouth mm. sounds similar, we are cut from different cloths and we are not even remotely in the same ballpark of belief. And that has come through again, as a power lifter, I played a heel. I played a character a lot. Uh, didn't know I was doing it. I became that character until I realized I was completely at odds with who I was and what I believed. Yeah. Now I know some of these people behind the scenes and I like that guy sitting in the bar having a beer. I like that guy around a campfire telling me a story. That motherfucker goes online and turns into whoever he is there. I and that automatically disqualifies them as a person to me anymore. Or the like, opposite. Or like, and, and the, the opposite, yes. Or the one that in person is the one that you don't want to be around at all. Well, and that's the thing, is they go back like once you show me who you are. And then you present mm-hmm. to the world as someone else. Like over here, you're vulnerable. You're real. You talk about your problems. You talk about yourself in a way that, man, I get it. I understand. And then you go up here and you're preaching from the sermon or you're preaching the sermon from the mountaintop as if you've done no wrong. You've never sinned. You've never mm-hmm. made a mistake in your life. Like anybody that says, oh, you guys, fuck no, we're not. We're not at like at all ever. So that dissuades me from posting because I don't want that association either. So, yeah, I, you know, I sound like a big baby, I think. Um, but at the same time, too, it's just like I don't I just want to be recognized for who I am. 
I don't want to be recognized like somebody else. I don't want to be recognized as close to somebody else because sit down with me for two days and I'll show you exactly how different we are. You know, face to face with some of these people, there is no commonality at all other than the words yeah. man. <laughs> right. You know, if that, if that <laughs> they have a penis. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know if they have any caliber of manhood at all, but they have a penis. <laughs> the the example, like, I think there's been a couple of times where something similar has happened, but nothing where I I really think it it meant anything. But there's been times where I've been tagged in something, which from the person, like, it's cool and, and a little flattering to a degree that they wanted to share my account with the people that follow them because they're like, Hey, I'm finding value in this. But then I get tagged with like 10 other accounts. Like these are the accounts that I really love. And I'm like, wow, I would have not have guessed four of these to be on the same list as the, like as me and three of the other guys that I do know that share a lot of my stuff. And then four of these guys, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I would not have guessed us to share a list of, commonalities as yeah. like, if you're into this thing, go follow these guys. Cause I'm like, I don't know if that's on me or <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like if I need to start being more clear about things or if that's just that person and their sensibilities of what they like to follow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think here's, here's the other side of that coin too. And something that I give myself a little bit of like, okay, maybe I'm not just like those people, but like you said, in an association with, Maybe it is some aspect of what you or I are doing that is a piece of their pie. You know, they got a 10 piece pie and these 10 people are the pieces of my pie. And, you know, Ross is like, man, he's, he's a man of faith. He's a family man. He's a trainer. He's a coach. He's a businessman. Okay. I like Ross for that reason. Then you get some other guy over here. That's like, hell yeah. Guns in America, guns in America, (laughs) you know, like, and I love that because I love guns in America, but he offers no, yeah, Logan, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 you know, they, they don't offer anything tangibly more than I align with them because they right. love America and they love their guns. And then the next guy is, you know, he's an ice bath guy and that's all he does. And that's all he talks about. And it's, it's Wim Hof by chance, you what's, know, what's the, uh, the phrase that I sent you from that tweet, the guy that made the joke calls him Huberman types. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, and, that that kind of gives me that okay this isn't them insulting me you know right. but to me that i'm like you I, I want to understand like if if my message is somehow getting convoluted to sound mm-hmm. like like some of these jackasses i need to give a better message and then i come to the point like i mentioned earlier where i'm sitting there answering honest questions and i'm like this just feels so fake to me and so yeah. stupid done so yep you know, again, I realize this sounds like first world problems, but as someone who cares what my audience sees and more than that, I care what I put out there. Like I'm a, I'm a fairly straightforward person. I share my opinions. I share my beliefs. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't want to shoot from the hip. Like I did when I was powerlifting, you know, if I thought it, I said it, if I, if I got backlash for it, I doubled down on it, but you know, I was, I was a competitor. And that was a different mode for me too, because a lot of that talk was building up that scared little boy inside, you know, to be the big man on the shell that I was on the outside. And I had to think that way. I had to think of everyone as an enemy. I had to think, oh, if you're a hater, that means I'm doing something right. 
and all that's stupid. Like if people hate you, you're probably a piece of shit, you know, like at, for the most part, like people do hate success and people hate successful people. But if by and large in a sport where you could be supported and loved just by doing what you do and doing well at it, shut your mouth. Like I didn't need to talk half as much as I did because I won. I, I was a winner. Right. And again, I don't know if any of this is, is, is relevant to other people as it is to you or I, but it is a very real concern for me of I don't want my message as, as valuable as I feel that my life has been in the sense that I've made so many mistakes and I've worked so hard to get to a place much like we were talking about the influence versus expertise. Like I never will tell you to do what I'm doing. I will tell you examples of what I've done and what I've done to improve those things and say, Mm -hmm. this is working for me. That's experiential. I will never, ever look at a person and say, you need to be doing this. I will tell someone you need to be bettering yourself. You need to be doing things that make you feel good. You need to be doing things that improve your daily habits but yep. those are those are arbitrary descriptions. Those are not. I get up at four thirty. I brush my teeth and I drink twenty ounces. It's not like this daily protocol. I'm not trying to right. to to enforce anybody to believe like I believe. But that's what's bothersome to me is a lot of these guys are telling you, "Well, just move your family. Uh, you know, like quit your job, move your family across country, and start a small business of your own." It's like, well, that's easy to say when you started your business in 1988. And you've been doing it for 35 years and you've had three business failures and you're on your sixth iteration of your new business and you're now successful. Like that is experiential, but they're not telling the experience. They're telling you the highlight reel. And to go back to influence, influence is not a pretty picture. Influence is the truth, the real truth. Like you can be influenced by flashing lights and tits and ass all you want but I have been perpetually influenced by people that have failed and failed and failed and failed and kept going and found their way. And that maybe that mirrors my story. Maybe that, you know, is inspiring to me because I understand it. But when I send a message or when I share a story or when I share a post of something personal, I don't want it to be read as influence over experience. And I have to do a better job of that you know, so that it connects in a way on that front and, and whatever comes of that, if it's 10 likes, if it's one comment, if it's no likes and no comments, I need to be better at peace with those things. I think the, I think the larger, the larger sort of conundrum, all of this that we've talked about, and we've done it a few times, kind of us wrestling with all of this. Right. I think I'm realizing, especially in the last week or so, it's less about what it does for me. It's more me trying to figure this out as best I can because of the two little ones I have that are yeah. going to have to be introduced to this at some point. Cause you can't not, you can't completely shelter all of it. Right. Right. Like, I mean, my oldest is not even four yet. He's, and I'm, I will say this, he's at least 10 years away from mm-hmm from getting involved in anything like, but who knows what this is all going to look like in 10 years. But this is why I, this conversation always, I think at least for the two of us comes back so frequently is because of the children aspect of this Sure, your son's right in the middle of like the beginning stages of a lot of this. Yeah. And then I'm like, man, I need to do my best to try and figure out how this can be useful and what this even is. So by the time I'm getting to the, by the time Riggs is getting to the point, 
where now it's a thing for him, I'm able to answer or have some sort of semblance of how do I handle this? Yeah. You know? And so, because for me, it's like, I mean, we kind of grew up with it to like, I guess I did to a degree. I was like kind of the last group age wise Mm -hmm. to, to remember not having this stuff Mm -hmm. because it wasn't until like high school. Like we've, we talked about that. It wasn't until really like my freshman, sophomore year of high school. I think the iPhone came out in 2008. So I was a junior. Yeah. Right. So I went most of high school without even any of this. Mm -hmm. Right. But being able to understand this now in this, in this space, the way that I use it so much, I want to be able to have those solid conversations and answer those things when it's time for the two of them and and potentially more, who knows to get to that point, you know? Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, you know, navigating this space with a teenager is, Again, he doesn't have um, he doesn't have social media, so it's like, you know, he's fifteen, and that's not he's not pushed for it. But it's also been something that's kind of like understood. This is this is just not a necessary like a necessary thing. So he has a phone, he has text messages. Um, I think he has WhatsApp or something like that, kind of a, a messaging yeah. app. But the other day, a conversation with him, um, and I don't even remember what spawned it necessarily, but just talking to him about the, the foreverness of anything that you transmit across a technological medium. And, you know, in the, in the sense of, you know, you, you say something with your buddies and it's, you know, locker room banner or whatever. Well, one person shows it on a screenshot and then it's sent to one person and then it's sent to five people. Mm -hmm. And if you look back to the, the me too stuff a couple of years ago, they were going 10, 12, 15 years deep on some of these people. I mean, they're changing fucking rolled doll books, you know, now they're changing, yeah. they're changing 60 all years this. later. Yeah. And it's like what you said today may not hold the same meaning in five years. So even if you meant it in a, t- in a time sensitive context, five years from now, that word or that emotion tied to a word can be destructive to somebody's feelings and now you're an asshole because of something you said when you were a 15 year old kid, it's like, where, where did all this come from? Like, why are we so quick to, to cast away these people over, over such shit from, from years and years ago? Do we not expect people to get better? But nevertheless, having a 15 year old, it's like, all you hear about is these, these girls. Oh, it was based on a girl. Um, she had sent a topless photo to her boyfriend, high school kid. Mm. He, of course, of course, like, listen, if you have kids in the car listening to this by chance, of course, if your daughter is sending nude photos to a boy, he's going to show his friends, especially if he's a teenager, like, mm-hmm. of course, and vice versa. And that's what I was talking to him about was like, dude, your body is your body. Your words are your words. You have to protect them. You have to keep those things holy and not in a sense of godliness, just in the sense of like, this is my shrine. This is all I've got. And if you put it out there, somebody else is going to put it forward. And um, it's, you just never know, like, what kind of feedback does a person have to go through before they kill themselves? And with the vulnerability of these kids these days, it doesn't end at three o'clock. Like, there's no school bell to end, the, to end the day. You know, a lot of these kids go home at three, and that's when the Snapchats and the TikToks and all that stuff fire up. 
So the bullying is exacerbated by this mechanism as well. And that's what I said to him is just don't ever present yourself a position to where you can be bullied for who you are, you know, and don't be, don't put words out there that you don't mean. That's one of the problems too with the younger generation is they just say whatever they think. We don't think of what we say very often, you know, mm-hmm. and it's tough, man. I feel for you because I don't know what it'll be like in 10 years. You know, hopefully yeah. in 10 years at, at 25, he's through the storm of it. But right. I know at 15, until he's 22 or 23 through college, if he goes that route or if he goes to the military or whatever he does, the next seven or eight years are going to be a, ma- a minefield for him. Yep. So, yep. and you know, that's, you're exactly right. I never really, I, I know that's the root source of a lot of this is like, Yes, it is personal. Yes, it is my business. Yes, it is my life. It is my sharing. But it's also conscientious awareness of like, what else is coming? Like, what do I have to be prepared for? And what do I have to prepare the people I care about and love for? You know, so again, I promise I won't bring this up and beat this horse anymore (laughs) because I beat it all the time. But it is something that is like, it weighs on me a lot. Um, because I want to make a difference. I think that's the thing for me is I want to share positivity. I want to share stories of people that are doing good things. I want to share that love is the greatest weapon we have on earth. And those are just not popular messages. So an unpopular message has to be shared in a crafty way. And, um, I am just not smart enough to have figured that out yet. So to do it in a way that I feel entirely like I can put the phone down after the post knowing I did diligence, you know, Doesn't does that dilute make the message? Right. Exactly. Yep. yep. So I get it. Well, we solved nothing, but we created we- <laughs> more problems. <laughs> we're acutely aware of the problem. We're more acutely aware of the problems that we have now. Exactly. But I'm okay with that. I am too, man. We doing it's- another one this week. Yeah, we'll do one on Friday, if that, Perfect. I think. Let's, let's do Friday again. Yep. Um, we'll do it live again on YouTube, just like this one. And uh, we'll be, yeah, we'll, we'll keep everybody posted with all that stuff. I mean, Brandon might keep you more posted on Instagram for the next little while. Yeah, I'm going to take the reins for the I'm next little back. bit. But, dude, I'm, I'm proud of you for it. I will say that. Like, Thanks. I'm proud of you for it because even in the, even, you know, I've told you I've been taking two to four days off a week, you know, just yeah. kind of like stepping back. Um, I'll still post a story here and there, or if like you or Logan or Scott or somebody sends me something, Derek Woodsy has been sending me some hilarious shit lately. Dude, he's got but, great stuff, man. <laughs> but it, you know, if, if I get some of that and I find it funny, I would rather share something humorous, like, yeah, like smart, funny, you yeah. know, a little witty. Um, when I can't share anything worthwhile, I would rather share yeah. something funny than like, man, Every, everybody under the sun sharing the bad news. Like if I can make somebody laugh, even if it's not me and you know, I try to find something that genuinely makes me like, Oh my God, that's, that's funny. You know, (laughs) I don't try to just share stupid stuff unless it's Hezbollah. Then I'll share that every single time. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every single time. (laughs) I'll share share every one of those videos. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Right on. Well, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks guys so much.